Hey, welcome back to the Street Smart Sports Podcast brought to you by Zach Stevens and Ross Blythe. Ross, how are we feeling today on this Tuesday afternoon? I need football, Zach. I need football and I need hard knocks. I, I need, need hard now. knocks right now. Inject it into my veins, please. <laughs> this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. I didn't think I could t- anticipate hard knocks more than I, you know, did leaving, you know, last week's episode, but now Antonio's gone off the rails, and so I'm excited. But we're not here to talk about Antonio. We are here to talk about delusion. And delusion starts, as it always does, in New York. Uh, Whether it's a basketball team, a football team, uh, a baseball team, a hockey team, there just seems to be this onslaught of delusion and mediocrity going on in New York. Now, the particular team we're talking about today is the New York Giants. Now, last week we had a record-breaking episode because not only was it the second time we recorded in a week, but it was the first time we had a special guest. But it is not the only time we had a special guest because today we have in studio with us, fresh off a round-trip mission around the central United States, a sort of reverse sabbatical, if you'll call it. Yeah, not necessarily a vacation per se, but a man on a mission. Craig Matthews is in the house today. Craig, how are you feeling back in in Edmond? Dude, it's been a great time. Thanks for uh, having me back in in the house. Yeah, yeah, in the house, the literal house. The literal house. Yeah. The side hustle room, if you'll call it. This is the side hustle room. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, back to New York. So uh, it has been brought to my attention that the New York Giants owner only appreciates Eli Manning. He, He really only cares about Eli Manning playing quarterback this year. And why does that not surprise me? Why does that not surprise me that he's not even thinking about the possibility of the quarterback they drafted at number six playing at all this season? When are New York teams going to pay for their ignorance and their stupidity when it comes to ownership? When will they start really losing big bucks simply because they don't know how to manage their team and they quit making money based on their New York name? When will that happen? I don't don't know – Something's the New Yorkers have got to do something about it because they keep going to the games, they keep supporting them, and I don't, I don't understand it. And it, it was evident from the interview with the Giants owner that he did not really care how well Daniel Jones played. Do you remember last week, Zach? I don't know if you do. I was listening to the Street Smart Sports podcast today on Apple Podcasts. The easiest way to listen to podcasts. The easiest way to listen to podcasts. And I noticed that you used a mocking voice. In talking about the Giants owner last week, and surprisingly enough, you got his voice pretty much spot Did on. Did I? That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> okay, good. So clearly, this guy's an idiot um, who doesn't know a good quarterback if it one fell into his lap, which apparently I, one did. Apparently, apparently one, one did. did. Yeah. Twelve years ago, in Eli Manning. Yeah. But I don't understand why he's so enamored on Eli. I, I don't know. And for the life of me, the, the fact that you don't even want to have a competition between these quarterbacks when it is evident that Eli Manning is not as good as he was. He is not the player that he was. Like, have an open mind to the fact that your beloved quarterback can 
be on the downhill and on his way out. Craig, do you have any any thoughts on this current Giants situation, what's going on right now? I tend to agree that Eli is on his way out, and I am always one for trying new possibilities. So why not give the rookie a chance? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the general consensus that I got was that everyone was like – Typical Giants, typical typical New York Giants to just wave off any sort of you know pushback on Eli. I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. Especially not after Daniel Jones had a really strong showing yes. in the first preseason game. I could understand that if Daniel Jones comes out first preseason game, you know, completes one pass, throws a couple picks. Okay, like yeah, like let's continue going ahead with Eli. The man went five for five, drove down the field with ease and through a touchdown like does that is that not open to some competition it definitely is but it reminds me of like okay when we were children and i'm sure way back even then like i'm thinking toys you know have you have a beloved toy you know that you that's just your go-to right i mean Mm -hmm. now some of them yes could they have been dangerous to us like as we were playing with them they were sharp they were they could have caused injury Yes, but we loved them. And as toys got better and more efficient and, and actually you know, served the purpose of being a toy, our parents may have tried to enforce those on us and be like, Johnny, listen, stop playing with the, you know, the wooden rag doll that's got splinters coming out that you've already gotten five splinters from. Yep. It's in, all in your fingers. There is a plush doll ready primed to play with and granted you might have a couple good memories a couple good championships with this doll yeah but now is not the time that time is long gone it's time to bury the doll it's time to bury the doll it's time it's time to go get a shovel and it's time to put that doll at the end of the bench (laughs) that's what it's time to do gotta put it at the bottom of the toy box you know you know what i'm saying uh speaking of delusional people just in general just in, in general. general because this is just my my mind has been blown uh, absolutely as as i've been you know progressing through this week uh today however some of you may have seen my reaction to one colin colin cowherd's um little uh take if you can call it that um and we're fans of hot takes here on the show. I mean, we are. We've we had a are bunch within reason, though. Within reason, this goes beyond a hot take. This is this isn't even a take. This is not a take. This is surely to make other people mad. This is to make me per, in particular mad. He was talking about uh, how he only invests in long-term assets, and that he doesn't worry about short-term memory and like. Uh, short-term assets that he wants his money to you know have longevity well buddy as we talk about quarterbacks and all that he he says that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the best quarterback for the next next 12 years that is not what I am opposed to I tend to agree that Patrick Mahomes is is going to be the best quarterback in the next 12 years what came out of his now what came out of his mouth next was borderline blasphemous and that was that he said Sam Darnold was going to be the second best quarterback out of these quarterbacks right Wait, now. Wait, Zach, the same Sam Darnold that led the Pac-12 in interceptions? The same. The exact same. And the same Sam Darnold who took the Jets from 
the previous year before he got there, they won five games. Guess how many games they won when he got there? Four. They won four games. Downward, Less, downward a, slope. Yes. And then he has the audacity, the sheer gall, to say that the last four games of Sam Darnold's season last year were at any impact whatsoever and that he was one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the last four games. Well, buddy, didn't you just say that you don't believe in short-term assets and that you're looking at the last four games of the season and you're saying that that is strictly what you're basing this off of? Are you kidding me, dude? When was the last time Sam Darnold played in a meaningful game? Maybe in his eighth grade year against the freaking, you know, Arrow Heights numbskulls and where he threw for a blistering, like, 300 yards and, you know... Things that happen in eighth grade. At USC, what the heck happened? Other than him trying not to get at least one more interception, I'm sure that head coach or even the quarterback's coach was like, Sam, please, for the love of God, don't go out there and throw another GD interception because you're leading the effing Pac-12 in interceptions. Now, Colin, you think you... I, I listen to you. I used to listen to you. I will no longer listen to you because you think that you love football. You love football so much and that you say you watch all these preseason games. Well, Colin, I don't believe that you've ever touched a football in your life or that you've ever been around the, you know, the game of football. If you had, you would understand how awful these takes are and how much of a numbskull you look like when you say things like this. The fact that you hate on Baker Mayfield so much. I'm not even saying Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson deserves more than... He, he, he should be on a higher pedestal than Sam Darnold is right now. Sam Darnold has done nothing to warrant any sort of affection. And I don't know why he has this man crush on Sam Darnold. It absolutely blows my mind. I've never understood it. As long as I've listened to Colin, I never understood what he saw in Darnold. Outside of physical physical intangibles. Because the guy looks like a professional NFL quarterback, but he does not play like one. No. He's all about, you know, Sam has built the, built the best out of all these quarterbacks. I could give two craps about how well he's built. How can he throw the football? How you know well who else was built really well? Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Look how well that turned out. Bingo. Exactly. So, Colin, enough. Enough. Stop saying these things. I'm I I I will admit that I was an avid listener until today. Today set me over the edge and I can no longer support the absolute blasphemy and just audacity that comes out of your mouth when you talk about football. I've said this many, many times to Russ about when I listen to Colin, I was like, I hate his football takes. His football takes are awful. When I hear him talk about college football, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Like he doesn't understand the game. He, he the other day, you all know how I feel about Notre Dame. He the other day he said Notre Dame is going to be a top five team. In in what atmosphere? In what galaxy? In what planet is Notre Dame a top five freaking team? Notre Dame is going to go in and when they play any power five team, they're going to get rocked and they're going to get railed. Like they would if they were playing Duke or if they were playing Virginia Tech. They're, Notre Dame is not a top, right now is not a top college football team. I would love to see Notre Dame and Clemson play and Trevor Lawrence put up about 65. 
Yes, he would. He would do that. It would be. I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. Colin, you have earned the name Colin Cow. Colin Cowturd. You you will from now on be known as Colin Cowturd on this on this podcast. Colin Clown Herd. <laughs> Colin Clown Herd. Walking like a freaking clown coming up in here with that. Uh, anyway, side note: Ross had his Cardinals rant. I had my Cowherd rant. Now we can. It's a beautiful thing. Now <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Uh, now we are going to kind of transition to a little bit of basketball uh, because. Really, there's not much to talk about. It's preseason football. I mean, you can just talk about excitement, but really, other than that, I mean, it's nothing significant. Um, so, 2K came out with their all-decade teams. Uh, is this going to be in their next game? I believe so. Or is so. that just something that they were doing? No, this is this is all-new legendary teams that are coming to 2K20. Okay. So, this, these, these teams are going to be in the game to play with. Okay. What are the teams? I don't have it in front um, of me. So, we have... Um, they go all the way back to the 50s and 60s, but um, the ones that we're focused on are from the 80s, from 1980 to 2010, so those decade teams. So for the 1980s team, we have, um, it looks like uh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Moses Malone, and um, let's see here, who's that last guy? Bill McHale? Not Bill McHale. Uh, Kevin McHale? Kevin McHale, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There it is. The 90s has Jordan, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, Carl Malone, Scottie Pippen, and John Stockton. Okay. 2000s, this is the most stacked team in my opinion. Yeah. This is a team that would do some damage. It's AI, Tim Duncan, Shaq, Kobe, and LeBron. Oh. Yeah, it's a danger squad. And then 2010 is... Katie, Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron, and Dwight Howard is the starting center. Dwight Howard is the starting center? Dwight Howard. Of the 2010s? Of the 2010s. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we have those. If we were to put all those teams in a tournament, like a like a March Madness style, college football playoff style, who comes out? Who... who you know, is in the championship game. Who of those teams? I'm going comes to war with the 2000s, and... man. You're going 2000 oh, versus 2010. Yeah. No, I'm going 2000s oh. versus the 90s. Oh, okay. And remind me of the 90s again. Uh, Hakeem, Carl uh, Malone, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, and John Stockton. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good team. Man, John Stockton though. I don't know. I put Gary Payton. In there somewhere. I was gonna say John Stockton. He was a good point guard, but I don't. I, I was trying to think of other guys playing at that time. Gary Payton's a good one. I I would probably those two are pretty are pretty close to that. I'd have to imagine Gary Payton's probably coming off the bench, right? I would imagine. I would. I would certainly hope so. I'm gonna go on a different route and say that um, I think. The 80s versus the 2000s would be in my championship squad. And that is surely because of Magic Johnson uh, in that lineup. Because I would take 
Magic Johnson over John Stockton, and I feel like those two are, would be the, in the same spot. So I have you have Michael Jordan in both the '90s and the '80s, mm-hmm. and then you have Larry Bird in the '80s, Moses Malone, who's a good defensive player, Kevin McHale, who's a good defensive presence and and can play. He's not as good as Hakeem Olajuwon, but I feel like when you've got Michael, Magic, and Larry, that's too much scoring for uh, Stockton. To uh, yeah. Stockton and Malone, at least to try and make up for. But no man, the mailman. <laughs> yeah, mailman put up some points. I mean, he did. He did. I feel like Larry Bird probably beats out Scottie Pippen though. I would say yeah, because of his scoring, sheer scoring ability, and he was a good defensive player. I mean, he could he could yeah. play his defense and hold his own. Who would we have at center in the 2010 squad over Dwight? There's got to be someone because I can't. I'm uncomfortable with saying Dwight Howard is the best center out of the 2010s. Craig, what you're? I see. I see facial expressions over there. What is going on? I'm just trying to remember when Dwight Howard was good, because I feel like it was right in that time frame. He was like early 2010s. Like yeah. I mean, obviously he led the Magic to the NBA Finals in 2010. So I think we're sleeping a little bit. I think that might be the right call, but right now it just doesn't seem like it because revisionist history just kind of seems like he's trash. Because are we taking players at their absolute prime so out of this these? Is, this is like Orlando Magic Dwight Howard. Right. That's kind of what I was Orlando Magic Dwight Howard is was a beast. Is he better? So are we saying, I guess Anthony Davis is a power forward. He's not necessarily a center. Are we grading him as a center or is he a power forward? I would put him as a, a power forward. Okay. So we've got Dwight and then um, I'm trying to think. Really... I can't, off the top of my head, think of any centers that I was like really excited about and excited about watching. And even now, I'm I'm trying to think. Maybe Boogie is Boogie better than Dwight? Not at Dwight's peak. Dwight was a Dwight was a physical specimen. He was. He was kind of like a. I mean, maybe a Shaq-ish sort of. Shaq was a little bit bigger, but... Dwight's biggest problem is he didn't know how to be serious and he didn't know how to change with the game. Yeah. He got left behind. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. Well, and it was so much of... Because he was at Orlando, then he went to the Lakers, right? And that was when it just became a dumpster fire. Yeah, that did not go well for him. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to look up best centers in the 2010s. In 2010. Let's see. I don't know. Dwight Howard might be the best. Jeez. Yeah. Dwight's stats are pretty nice. Best centers of 2010s. This site grades Anthony Davis as a center. But all I'm seeing that could even be close to rivaling Dwight Howard as Tim Duncan. Jeez, Dwight came in the league in 04, I guess that's right. Yeah, I think I'd put Dwight. It might be right. It it, it, it it may be right. I might be wrong. Okay, well, Dwight Howard is the best center out of the 2010s. I'm okay with saying that. I have no shame. He was good. He was really good. Yeah, he was. Um, so, we have... Hard Knocks again coming in tonight. Um, I can't help but talk about one more time. Anticipating. I saw that. Excuse me. I saw that uh, Hard Knocks will be capturing the feet extravaganza and as well as the helmet issue. 
they are going to be addressing that. That will be in this episode. This coming episode? This episode tonight, there will be in this episode parts of it. Maybe not all of it, but parts of it. All I, all I want to know is when is Antonio Brown going to be painting the helmet? Because I will be tuning in for sure. Yeah. That's going to be must-watch television. Also, did you see what he tweeted? That he would, he would if someone gave him a helmet, like helmet, a 2010 yeah. shut uh, helmet, yeah. yeah, that he would give someone a signed, used Oakland Raiders helmet. I, Is that the helmet that I he painted? Swear, I hope. <laughs> I hope. It has to be the helmet he painted. Oh, man. And there's no eye patch on that helmet. How funny would that be? That'd be so funny. Oh man. It's literally like a stick figure. Yeah. Inside of a shield. That's the Raider. I would love to see that. Do you think that him being on the like, do you think that the Raiders trading for him do you think it's worth it? Like, do you think do you think his talent and his production is worth all of this drama? It's a good question. Yeah. Because he is he is really good. He's really good. But he's just... I mean, some guys are head cases. And then some guys are Antonio Brown. <laughs> and he yeah. surpasses that. He does. By a mile. By a mile. I'm going to say no. He's not worth it. Um, just because that... I can't... If I'm in the shoes of someone that's on that team, knowing what is happening with Antonio Brown and that he is just off the face of the planet, uh, doesn't want to deal with uh, the helmet thing and he's filing a grievance and, you know, he's not responsible enough to well, learn to take his feet out of a cryo chamber. Didn't you see what the NFL said? No. They said that even if he does find like a 2010 helmet, they'd still have to approve it. Yeah, so it's not the one he's requesting isn't even approved. Like they still have to make sure that this helmet, like, it's it's an oddly specific request. So I feel like it will get approved if he finds a helmet, but still, it it does have to get approved. And this isn't a sure thing. The man just can't understand that you should just pick up a helmet and put it on. Like, just go find a different helmet, man. It's a freaking helmet. I saw Greg Jennings on Cowturd's show, and he was like, you know, a helmet's a really big deal. It's like, you know, you drove a car and you love that car. Heck no, it's not like a car. It's a freaking helmet. Like, there are other helmets that will, you can customize your face mask. And you can custom, like, the, the helmet itself is, yes, it has more padding, and it is more, it is safer for you. But in the grand scheme of things, the visibility that, I, I don't know what if it's comfort. Or there's no way it's comfort because these things are like a a couch on your head. Yeah, I wore one. It was a revolution. Like, uh, not this current one that they're using. It was the one. It was the model before that. And there was like this like soft pad on the inside, and it was like absorb your. I mean, it was got really stinky and sweaty, but yeah. it like absorb your sweat. There are like work smarter, not harder, Antonio. I mean, you don't have to go to Twitter requesting off of craigslist to go find like a freaking helmet you got every high school football coach digging in their dumpster to find one of these shuts helmets yeah i'm sure we have one at cross like at where oh, yeah. where i coach football i'm yeah. sure we have one you could send it into and be like but we don't even allow our kids to wear that no. we don't allow we don't allow those students to wear the helmet 
Because it is unsafe. It is like you will be put in danger because that helmet does not do a good job protecting you. That is you. how you got CTE in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So we got the AB thing, and yeah, it, it's kind of a dead week for sports. But I had this thought um, about preseason football because, yes, it's exciting that it's back. Like, it was this, like, really big high. Like, I was like, dude, football's back. I'm ready. But then I was like, literally all the players that I want to watch play football are playing one series and then they're sitting down. Yeah. Because Especially now, as week, they should. As they should. two and three, you ain't going to get nobody. No. But I agree. I think they should. I don't think they should play in these games. There's no way. It's not worth it. There's You should not put your starters in in, in these games. So is preseason football, are we going to see preseason football go away? Do you think that that's going to that's gonna be something that, that stays or goes? Give me two weeks of it. Yes. Two weeks. Let the players get acclimated. Let the players hit somebody other than their own teammates. Do you used to playing again and then... This okay. should be a time where your draft picks and your guys that you're you're hoping step up and and that are not gonna you know didn't get significant playing time and that you're trying to make a decision about that's it's time for these players. Aaron Rodgers should not even be dressed to play. He should he should not have a helmet on. No, he should be, he should be on the sidelines coaching these in guys as they go in. A yep. teacher, yes. There is absolutely no reason no reason that all these guys should be out there. If I was a coach, no way. No way, sorry. Not doing it. It's not worth it. But that trickles into college football. Um, I know this is a sensitive subject for you all because Missouri is not allowed to go to a bowl. Um, so I don't mean to bring it up. Um, sad. <laughs> Very sad. But we're seeing players skip bowl games. They, they don't want to participate in the bowl game. And... and some of them are significant bowls. Some of them are Rose Bowl games and Orange Bowl and like, you know, things before the college football playoff that were a big deal. Now, players are sitting out of it, and you know, I don't know necessarily. I I don't know. I didn't play college football. I don't understand. You know, the bowl thing. In my eyes, I feel like a bowl game is a big i is a big deal. Like that, I would want to go play and 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 do that. Even if I wasn't an NFL prospect, I'd be like, yeah, the chance of winning the Orange Bowl or the chance of winning the Rose Bowl for my school where I, you know, where I spent so much time, yeah, I'll play. I'll play. I'll play and do that. But we've had so many players that skip and that don't want to play. Um, and do you think that's a result of the college football playoff or do you think that's a result of players just wanting to preserve their health? And I know it might be a little bit of both, but I feel like this didn't start happening until we had the college football playoff. Hmm. I'll give you some time to think about pondering, it. Pondering, pondering, pondering. <laughs> I'll give you my opinion first. Yeah. Give you some time to think about it. I think it is a result of the college football playoff. I don't think these bowl games mean as much anymore that the college football playoff is now a thing. Um knowing that you have to get into the top four to even make a run at the national championship. And it, even those two games that are in the playoffs in the, in, the, in, the, in the first place are bowl games. I don't know that they, you know, should be bowl games. Like, if you're in the playoff, you're in there to win the championship. You're not there to win a bowl game. Um, but I understand it's an easier way to, you know, space out the bowl games and, and stuff like that. But 
I just think that these other bowl games have been devalued because of the significance of getting into the college football playoff. Now, I think the way to solve it is to expand the playoff. I, I don't think four teams is enough. You gotta have more. You gotta have more space. At least six give or eight. That, give me that expansion. You can't. I'll you, fight for that. Give me six and have two two first round buys. Like just just give me six players. Get, give me six teams. The number one and number two don't have to play. Don't have to play the first week. They have to. They can wait. They can play the winner of the the other two teams that play. Um, but I think it's a direct result of the college football playoff. Um, not uh, a little bit. A little bit of it is is player safety and and injury prevention. But in my eyes, if I'm a player and I have a chance to win a national championship, even if I'm a four seed and I'm playing the number one seed, I'm playing that game. I 100%. mean, there's no way I'm sitting out of that 100%. game. I don't know. What do you think? I think these players are seeing these NFL guys get some pretty massive contracts, and I think if you have a chance to go pretty high up in the draft, there's a pretty good likelihood that you are um, headed towards a pretty good sized payday within the NFL. And I think it's just these guys are, they, they understand the, the risk that they, they have playing the game of football and they're, I think, I feel like uh, the NFL is a lot <clears throat> in football in general, excuse me, is a lot more health conscious. Now mm-hmm. I think players understand the toll that it takes on their bodies and I think that's why we're seeing so many of these guys sit out. Is just they know that you take one hit to the knees, bam, bam, snap, snap. There goes both your both your ACLs, and you're, you're never the same player again. I think that's a lot of what it is. Yeah, players players are definitely getting more aware. They're they're more aware of you know longevity and you know what's going to be best for their career, um, and they're. That's good for that's that's not a bad thing. That's just that's a no. good thing for them. That's the way yeah. the game's changing and evolving. Um, speaking of college football, I ran across a Joel Klatt who works for Fox Sports gave the top players in the I believe it was um, the top Power Five Power Five conferences. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Best player in each Power Five conference. I have issues with this list. Um, I have two issues. I have issue with the Big 12 and I have issue with the Pac-12. But I will go through the list right now for those of you who do not know this. Number one, first conference is ACC. And that is Trevor Lawrence. Best player in that conference. Agree with that. Big 10, Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Wisconsin Badgers. Agree with that. That guy's a good running back. Big 12. Sam Ellinger, best player in the Big 12. We'll come back to that. Pac-12, LaVisca Shinnault, best player in the Pac-12. Not really sure. It looks like he's a running back slash wide receiver. LaVisca. Uh, don't really. I I have someone else in mind. I have someone else in mind that could go in that spot. He's a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. Okay, wide receiver for the Colorado uh, Buffaloes. Then SEC Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, I don't have issue with that. Ish, I I think he's the best player in the SEC. Now, for the Big Twelve. Listen, I I understand. I I understand. That Jalen Hurts has not 
played for Oklahoma. I, I understand that. That has crossed my mind, and I comprehend that fact. But the man played for Alabama and started and played well for Alabama. And with, you know, Lincoln Riley, an offensive guru, with the offensive talent you have at Oklahoma, Sam freaking Ellinger is the best player out of the Big 12. Are you freaking kidding me? Sam Ellinger is not known for his blistering passing yards. I don't think of Sam Ellinger as a pass-first quarterback to just light you up down the field. Granted, Texas offense really isn't geared to do that, but still, Sam Ellinger being the best player of the big... Let's just... Let's maybe split that. Let's let's say we don't really know. We don't we don't really necessarily know. I, my vote is that Jalen Hurts is the best player in Big Twelve. What do you think about either of you can answer that? Here's the deal. Here's here's my thoughts. I've been ranting about this for two days. I'm tired of the coaching charade, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use it this time and it's gonna work for me. So Jalen Hurts is supposedly the best quarterback or best player in the big 12 but lincoln riley won't even name him the starter i think he even came out yesterday and said it's still a competition that is the biggest joke to me that that's a soapbox i will get on i don't understand these coaches thinking like what's what's the big deal about telling us that jalen hurts is a starter but okay so he may not even be the starter so who else i guess spencer rattler or is it mordecai i don't even know his name the other dude yeah um so I don't know how Jalen Hurts can be the best player in the Big 12 if we don't even know if he's starting for OU, which we do, but Lincoln just wants to play games. I don't understand that. I don't know who it helps, but you don't tell Jalen Hurts, come to OU and sit on the bench for your grad transfer year. That is that. That's that. The other thing is, I'll give Sam Ellinger some props. In the Big 12 championship game, was it that game or was it the first one, actually? Uh, I'm not familiar with the Big 12 very much, but OU was beat. Until Kyler Murray went off in the fourth quarter. Like, Sam Ellinger played his tail off and had OU just down in the fourth quarter. I can't remember how much. And then uh, Kyler just came back and won the Heisman, essentially, in that game. So I think you got to give it to Sam coming into the season because he clearly played, like, to the best of his ability and put OU on the ropes until the Heisman came in and saved the day. Yeah. Well, you go, Ross. You answer. I don't really know, to be honest. I really don't. I don't know who to, who to think in the Big 12. Because it's not, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air, honestly. It, it honestly is. Because I'm not sold on Sam, but I'm also not sold on Jalen. I'm trying to think if there's any like dark horse I can think of. Is there... I can't really think of anyone, and I, I I watched I watched the the Big Twelve a lot. I mean, I'm I'm aware of you know the different yeah. players in there and stuff like that. I mean, we had Will Greer's gone, and TCU has a really young quarterback that could be good. I don't know. He was a freshman. Does Iowa last State year. have anybody? Iowa State, no. Their they wide lost, receiver. They lost that wide receiver. He graduated. He graduated. He's in the Tech? NFL right now. Nope. Not Kansas State, not Kansas. No, <laughs> Les Miles, best player in the Big 12. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Oklahoma State, I don't really know. I don't think. Uh, cause, yeah, no, no, I don't think so. 
See, the the two players that come to my mind are obviously Jalen Hurts and Sam Ellinger. Yeah. I don't know. The whole coaching thing, that's Lincoln Riley, though. He's he's an enigma. I mean, he doesn't really answer is. questions. He, he literally just walks around and, you know, butters people up but never answers a question. He just kind of goes about his business. Um, yeah, Texas did beat Oklahoma the first game. Texas mm-hmm. beat Oklahoma that game, and then they met again in the Big 12 championship. Uh, I don't remember the final score of the Big 12 championship. Um, I might have to... I have to might have to remind myself, but again, like I'm not saying Sam Ellinger is a bad quarterback by any means, um, but if we're gonna talk best player, I I don't know that I don't know that it's definite. As, as that's what I'll say. Now, as far as the Pac-12, I feel like Justin Herbert is more. I, I'm on more of a lookout for Justin Herbert than I am this guy out of Colorado. So this guy, I looked up his stats because <clears throat> so he'll be a junior this year. The Colorado guy. Yeah. Um, he had over. He had a uh, 1,011 receiving yards last year, six touchdowns. He had 115 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So total from scrimmage, he had 1126 and 11 touchdowns. Okay. Which isn't too bad. That's not bad, and it kind of seems like he's like a Alvin Kamara kind of. I think he's he's kind he's of a wide receiver, a but it he all. can yeah, but he can run the ball. Looked yeah. like he had pretty good rushing yards, and he rushed for like five touchdowns. Is yeah, which is pretty impressive. So, yeah, but I would also say, I mean, Justin Herbert. I mean, the guy came out; he was touted as one of the top quarterback prospects. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see if Trevor Lawrence. I believe he is good. I believe that he is the best quarterback in, in college football. I just want to see him do it again. I mean, I hope the best for the kid. I yeah. hope that he continues it. But that's a lot of pressure to, to put on him. Yeah. Everyone's super high on this guy. And I'm like, yeah, he's really good. But, like, Kelly Bryant was really good, too, and won, like, those first four games. And so, you know, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm reading the comments on this, on this post. Can I – People are saying that CeeDee Lamb is the best player in the Big 12. That is a good argument. That is a good argument. I would, I would make that Craig, argument. Craig and I actually witnessed CeeDee Lamb make an incredible catch against UCLA. That one-handed catch, you remember that was out of bounds? Do you remember that I catch? I remember that. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb is a freaking stud. I think I would put CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, I kind that's of fair. I was in a quarterback mindset, and now I'm CeeDee Lamb. That makes a lot more sense. Can I, can I pose a question? This will be our last topic of conversation because I have got to jet. But can I pose a question that might anger you? It might ruffle your feathers, per se. Always. It might get up in your grill. It might, um, you know, what am, I, what am I trying to say here? Um, the SEC is not the best conference in college football. And I will tell you why. <laughs> Let me take Alabama out of the SEC. The, Take, did you say to me you look? <laughs> <laughs> use use your unbiased opinions and go with me on the journey of taking Alabama out of college football. Take take them away. Alabama's gone. Okay. There's no way that conference is better than the ACC, Big Twelve, or Pac Twelve. Maybe the ACC. ACC isn't that good. Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Take out. Take out Alabama and SEC. You have Georgia, who is consistently winning. Auburn doesn't know if Gus Malzahn is going to be their head coach next year. 
LSU is still trying to catch up to Alabama. Texas A&M, what are they? I don't know if they're going to be good this year. I, Jimbo Fisher, he's trying to revitalize that program. He did an okay job last year, but I don't know. I have questions. And then we have Missouri, who is in the – whether you guys are biased, but Missouri's in the middle of the pack right now in, in, in SEC. They're in the middle of the pack, upper echelon. They're kind of in the – if you're going to divide it up in quarters and, like – they're in the three quarter, like, you know, seventy five percent. They're in the seventy five percent in the SEC, but they're not top. They're not in the top, you know, twenty five percent in the in in the SEC. Tennessee, okay, Tennessee's not good. Ole Miss is not good. Mississippi State is not good. Florida might be good. I I feel like they're closer to LSU. Uh, I don't really know. They're they're a good program, but like. I don't know. Help me. Help help me understand and 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 tell me that the SEC is okay with we, Alabama. They run through that conference every single year. It is not hard for them to to beat those teams. I just don't know what. So I just looked. I looked it up, and this is just from the NCAA website. The preseason top twenty-five has seven teams. From the SEC. I don't have time to count the rest of the conferences, but I know no other conference touches that. And again, granted, Missouri is one of them, and for some dumb reason, Missouri is not allowed to be ranked uh, while they're under this NCAA debacle that is happening. Um, So you can take them out. So there's six teams from the SEC that are in the top 25. I just need to know another conference. Also, the seven teams, that's half the conference. There's 14 teams in the SEC, so half of the conference is ranked. I don't I don't think you can name another conference that deep. The, my other thought is, so yeah, we have Bama. We have LSU, who's coming up. We have A&M, who looks pretty good towards the end of last year. And it's Jimbo Fisher year two, and he's recruiting well. Uh, you have Florida, who finished the year in the top ten. So, yeah, I said right there. And then I, did I even say Georgia? And then we have Georgia. So you have Alabama, Georgia, LSU, A&M. Florida. So that's five. That's five top 10 teams, according to this list, or top 11 teams. So what other conference, is my question, that has five teams that are worthy of being in the top 15? Because the Big 12 has OU and Texas. That's it, in my mind. The Pac-12, you've got... Uh, I said Pac, I meant to say SEC, but we'll talk about the Pac-12. I don't even know who the Pac-12 has. Maybe Stanford and Oregon, Washington, maybe? Washington, Can I say that Colorado? Pac-12 would... I'm not saying the Big 12 would be better than the SEC. I'm saying that the Pac-12 probably has the best chance of surpassing the SEC as the best conference. The way that the teams are coming up, we have Washington State, who ended the season really well. We have Washington, who's always good. We have Oregon, who maybe would, will be good this year with... Uh, Justin Herbert. We have USC, who has not done much recently, but you can't always count out USC. Uh, you have, forgive me if I'm wrong, but Utah. Utah's a sleeper this year. Utah is a sleeper. I think that the Pac-12 and Stanford. Stanford, I ripped on them. You know, I've ripped on them before, but they've had really good players come out of it, and they've had some good stretches. I mean, they're a force to be reckoned with at, at some points. Yeah, the Pac-12 is. Five teams in the top twenty-five. Not in the top ten, though. 
None in the five, top ten. No, five in the top. I 10. wouldn't put I and I wouldn't put any of them in the top ten. <clears throat> no. But I think you have some really headstrong teams in the SEC. I think you have Alabama, Georgia, Florida. I can't put LSU up there right now. I, I don't. I, I can't. They're not enough for me right now. LSU, Alabama, Florida, and then your back half of the conference. You said seven of them are in there. Your back seven are awful. The back seven are not good teams. But I don't know. I'm not saying the Big Twelve is much better because we were we were a strong conference for a little bit, but now we are we are it is bad right now. And we have Oklahoma State who is just can't figure it out. I mean they, they should be better than they are, but they're not. OU is is one of the best teams, is a top five team right now. They're ranked number four. And then you have Texas who is Again, Texas is playing really well right now. But then you have TCU, who has not played well recently. They used to be good probably three or four years ago. They're not very good right now. You have Texas Tech, who can't figure it out. Again, they can't figure it out. Kansas State, who has occasionally came and been good. They've been ranked. They've been up there before. Kansas, who you just forget about Kansas. <laughs> They're never going to be good ever again. So it's And then Baylor. Ever since that happened, you know the the dumpster fire that happened at Baylor. They're not they're not going to be good for a while, so you just got, but the Big Twelve is kind of a mess right now. But I'm saying the Pac-12 is in position to perhaps be running for the race of best conference right now. I don't know, I don't know, but um, we. We'll we'll get more college football as as the week progresses and as you know football actually starts to come up. But that's it for us here. Um, you'll you'll check us out again later on this week. We'll have our reaction to episode two of Hard Knocks, right? Very, oh yeah, they'll we be will there be reacting to that. We'll, we'll be there for reacting sure. to that. For I mean, sure. we've. We have not beat this horse because the horse just keeps getting back up. The horse keeps dead. getting back up. And the horse keeps running a little faster and a little faster. Each time when you think, man, there's just nothing left, something will happen. That horse, it looks dead. You walk away and by golly, five minutes later, it's running right past you like it's never been you know, struck in a day in its life. Nope. But we are here. We are here to keep beating the mess out of that horse. Um, and we will, that is what we are here for. We are here to beat that horse. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for an upcoming episode about the reaction to hard knocks, uh, more preseason football, uh, hopefully an update on Dak and Zeke's, you know, contract. Dak apparently wants 40 million. That's, there's no way that's not even worth talking about on the podcast. Everyone, everyone knows that that's ridiculous. Um, but I'm excited for things to keep going, and baseball is going to start kicking up again. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it. So, Ross, parting words? Parting words. Thank you, Craig Matthews, for joining us today on the show. Um, and, of course, thank you to all the listeners out there listening in podcast land. Um, again, you can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might get your podcast at. Um, drop us a review. Leave some five stars. And uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Street Smart Sports Podcast.